Hello, this is Ruin Willow with the Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. Welcome to my podcast where I talk about sex and sexuality. I have guests on, like today, I have erotica romance author Hardison Parker, Intrigue Verse. If you're under 18, it is time to leave the podcast now because this is about sex and sexuality. Erotica, erotic romance, something that is near and dear to my heart because I also write it. I have the Limo Sex Challenge, the fifth book in my erotic rom-com series is released and that series is almost done. I have one more book in it to come and then the series will be complete. Six novellas. So the Limo Sex Challenge is live. Get it if you are interested in reading about that. And give me a review and a rating if you do. It really helps me out. Neighborhood Sex Secrets is my biggest erotic romance that is now live. And you can get that one as well. It will be coming soon in paperback and audiobook. But right now it's an ebook you can find on multiple online sellers. Also have a lot of audiobooks that I narrate. So you can find the links to those down in the podcast show notes if you would like to support me and would like some hot, spicy, yummy stuff to read and listen to. Okay, I want to mention a quick word for my sponsors. I'm a Manscaped ambassador, so you can get 20% off with my promo code RuinWillow20 on all manscaping products at manscaped.com. That's shavers. There's all kinds of things for your skin, skincare products. They have ball deodorant. I didn't even know this was a thing. (laughs) They have things to help you get sexy for dealing with your facial hair and your groin hair and getting sexy for sexy times. Get yourself all ready with manscaping products. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom. It's pretty hot. If you've never tried it, do it. And also Kiru Sex Toys, you can get 10% off with my code. My promo code is RuinWillow10 to get 10% off on their sex toys. They have sex toys for men and for women. So check them out. Okay, my guest today is Hardison Parker of Intrigue Verse. He writes erotic romance, weaving interesting stories and steamy passion into a work of art. He has the book Yours Until Midnight, a free use romance, which I'm going to narrate a little excerpt of for you. And he has the Million Dollar Trick releasing on September 18th and the Hot Wife Bitten releases on October 12th. He writes about BDSM, Shibari, Hot Wives, Dom, Sub, Group Sex, Sexy Vampires, LGTBTQ+, and more. So we talk about writing for Medium, and you can find him on Twitter at hparker underscore author, TikTok, Hardison Parker, Instagram, h period, Parker underscore Hardison, and on Mastodon, he is hparker underscore author. And you can also find him on Medium, as I said, he writes there as well. So I will put his links down in the podcast show notes, but let's get into the excerpt. It's pretty hot. It's a sexy one. And then we'll do the interview. So stay tuned. Have fun. Check out his books. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's go. I have an excerpt from Yours Until Midnight by Hardison Parker, available on Amazon in pre-sale, soon to be released. The short ride to my place was filled with me giving him directions while he gushed over his baby 
car. Damn, it was so easy to talk to this man. We parked in front of my town home. I was more nervous to let Jimmy into my home than I was if I picked up a stranger. After dropping my keys twice, I blamed it on the wine we had at dinner. I managed to open the door all the time, praying I hadn't left any unmentionables lying around the living room. Nice place, Aim, Jimmy said as he stepped into my home. I sighed with relief as the room was mostly presentable. Have a seat, I said. Can I get you a drink? Just water, please. I don't want to be dropping any of my keys. Hey! His exclamation coincided with the impact of the snowman throw pillow I hurled at him. I grabbed a bottle from the kitchen and tossed it to him as I headed upstairs to try on the dress. Part of me was hoping he would follow and ravish me in the bedroom, but he still showed no interest. I felt like I was losing my touch. The dress would be a huge test. I undressed quickly, standing in front of the mirror naked. The low-cut form-fetting gown left no room for a bra. As for panties, whether I wore them or not, it was up to Jimmy whether he got to see what was under the silk, so I went without. I checked the mirror. I looked damn good, not just for someone who was 30. My still perky C-cups were pushed together nicely by the thin underwire in the chest. My thighs were a little pale against the black material, but it framed my leg nicely. I walked gingerly down the stairs, still a bit dizzy from the alcohol and this strange euphoria I was feeling in my old friend's presence. How do I look? Jimmy took his hands from his eyes. Holy fuck, Aim. You are the one who grew up nice. I smiled. It was the first compliment he gave me. The dress worked better than I thought. I wasn't oblivious to the bulge forming beneath his khakis. He stood, strode over to me, circling me so he could get a view of my body from all angles. Definitely grew up. His hand gripped my shoulder lightly. I was trembling, frozen where I stood. I was acutely aware of how good he smelled. I felt my nipples stiffen. As he spoke, his hand traced my shoulder blade until it rested at the base of my neck. If he was a random guy, I might have been scared of his intentions. But this was Jimmy, the same Jimmy who used to bathe with me when we were five. Instead, I felt every touch like a bolt of electricity from his fingers to my core. It was refreshing for someone else to take the lead. Remember how we said goodbye? He said, his voice soft as he leaned toward my ear. Yes, you kissed me. I know. I still think about that kiss. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want you to go. Is it okay if I do it again? You mean go? <laughs> he laughed. No, silly. The kiss. I spun, my body yearning for his lips on mine. He caught me by the arms, steadying me. Time moved in slow motion as his lips neared mine until they were on me. It started slow, the same slightly open-mouthed kiss from thirteen years ago. It was beautiful. My already wet folds seemed to dampen further. It lasted only about four seconds, but when he pulled away, I felt my body move toward him. I felt a hunger. Didn't he feel it, too? Hey, how did that feel? Jimmy's voice was low, commanding. I shivered. How could he not tell? My face went flush. 
I knew there was a crimson band on my chest. Surely he felt my lips yield to his. Breathless, I managed to say. <sighs> like you never left. Suddenly his hands were on me. His lips pressed urgently against mine. He scooped me off the ground and I wrapped my legs around his waist, sending my dress up over my hips. His hands were firm on my bottom as I squirmed. This is what I waited for. I felt a jar when my back hit the wall. He released my butt and leaned in, pressing me against the wall. I felt his erection against me, separated from my burning desire by his cotton pants. Without his hand supporting me, my legs were slipping, so I released him, dropping them to the floor. Jimmy took advantage, and suddenly my arms were pinned over my head by his right hand as his tongue eagerly probed my mouth. I was only partly aware that my dress was bunched around my waist, that is, until his left hand slid over my mound. I silently cursed myself for not trimming my unruly landing strip, but he didn't seem to notice. <gasps> I gasped as his fingers spread my folds, sliding slowly through my wet until they were drenched. My entire body exploded when his fingers finally brushed my clit. A squeak escaped my lips. Do you want me to stop? Jimmy's fingers kept moving, making it difficult for me to speak, but I managed a breathless gasp. No! You're so wet. I wanted to say something. You read in romance novels, but his fingers were taking me places I hadn't reached in a long time. I was so used to being with people who had no idea what they were doing, training them. Suddenly, I found myself with someone who seemed to know exactly what to say, what to do. I bit my lip to choke back another yelp as he slipped a finger into my core. His other hand left my wrist, but kept them crossed over my head. He slipped the straps of my dress off my shoulder until the dress fell to my waist. I must have been a sight with my fancy black silk bunched up at my waist while his right hand crushed my left breast and his left hand fed my dripping need. My pebbled nubs pressed against the smooth palm of his hands. My orgasm was seconds away. All I could do was repeat, Yes! Oh, fuck yes! Over and over. Then he stopped. His fingers were still inside me, his hands still squeezing my breast, but all movement had ceased. No! I cried, my pussy puckering as if to suck his fingers. He slid his fingers from my cunt slowly and carefully so he didn't make me come. I was so close, but his hand on my breast and his legs pressed against mine kept me from doing more than a pathetic hip thrust as I tried to maintain contact. Soon his hand appeared in front of our faces, the sexiest string of my juices stretched between his index finger and his middle fingers as his entire hand glistened. I knew he was going to make me taste myself. Although cliché, at that moment it was the hottest thing he could have done. My lip trembled as his finger approached. He spread my nectar on the outside of my lips before slipping sideways into my mouth. I had tasted myself before, but it seemed sweeter on his fingers. His lips crushed against mine, a sticky finger enveloped by our kiss, as he tasted me for the first time. You taste so good. He pulled back, leaving me suckling on his finger. You want to orgasm, don't you? You're close. <laughs> yes. 
I hissed. You need to know something first. I'm only here for the weekend. I know that. You told me. I was panting so hard like a puppy begging for a snack. My plane leaves Sunday morning, but I want to see you again tomorrow. I have a fancy party to attend. I want you to join me. Put that dress to use. Of course, I will. I would love to. There is one condition. I have thought of this moment for 13 years. I want to explore every inch of you. If I could get out of the party, I would. But it is hosted by my boss, and he insisted I attend. I want you to. I'll do anything. Even be free use for me all day tomorrow? We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. What's free use? I had heard the term, but was unsure what it meant. It means, at least for us right now, that from dawn to midnight tomorrow, any time I want you, any way I want you, you have to say yes. Whether it is in a fancy hotel room, a gas station bathroom, or a stage in front of guests at the party, you cannot say no. Well, You can say no, but if you do, I call a car for you to go home. His hand was stroking my breast again, twisting my nipples. What if I have a hard limit? You have the rest of the night to make a list of your hard limits. And if things get too crazy and you find a new one, just say, Limit. And I will stop whatever is happening. 
My arousal had plateaued, but the idea of being Jimmy's sex toy for a day was bringing it back with a vengeance. Yes, I agree. I'm yours. Dawn till midnight. Say it. <sighs> Fuck, Jimmy. Yes, yours until midnight. Suddenly his cock pressed against my cunt, pushing past the stickiness until it met resistance. I hadn't realized he had removed his pants, nor had I anticipated how thick he was. But I was ready. I finally let my arms down from over my head and wrapped them around his neck, pulling his face to mine. His hands returned to my bottom, lifting my legs off the floor. I wrapped them around his waist. This position allowed him the leverage he needed to penetrate me, and I screamed in pleasure as he stretched me wide. Oh! oh. The way he kissed me, I knew he was as close as I was. I was at his mercy. As he slammed his hardness into me, my body suspended between him and the wall. His tongue thrust deep into my throat. He tasted sweet. Then I felt it, a powerful surge starting in the back of my core and radiating through my body in waves. <gasps> oh, fuck me! I screamed as I came. I felt him twitching inside me, followed by a different liquid than my own dripping out of me, and I knew he had reached his climax as well. But he kept pumping for a while until he had softened too much to maintain penetration. I don't know what had gotten into me, but as he pulled out, I dropped to my knees and began licking his half-erect cock clean. I savored our mingled juices as I licked him. My guesstimate had been correct. He was thicker than the men I had been with, and longer than average. I wish I had known what he had hid beneath his parachute pants in high school. I might have lost my virginity much earlier. I felt him harden in my mouth and sucked harder, hoping he would deliver a load down my throat. I truly loved giving head. But his watch beeped, and he gently cradled my head, lifting me to my feet. As much as I would like to continue, it is 11 p.m. You have to get some sleep before our date begins. Do you have some paper? I pulled my dress back into position, knowing how slutty I was to look. At least my walk of shame was just going to be upstairs. Sure. In the drawer. I pointed at the small table in the hallway. He grabbed a pad and my favorite green pen, and he scribbled a lengthy note, then folded it into a small square. He scribbled on the second page and turned it into an identical square. Sleep. When you wake, shower. Before you could trust, read the one marked number one. Don't read two until I tell you. I nodded my curiosity already trying to convince me he would never know if I opened them until I looked and saw the intricate pattern he had used to seal the square. I could barely fold a fitted sheet. No way I could ever replicate his handiwork. He smiled, kissed me on the forehead, and said goodbye. Before he left, he asked for my phone and set the alarm for 8 a.m. I'll pick you up at 10. Be ready. Oh, and don't touch yourself. As I closed the door, I leaned against it, catching my breath from the whirlwind fuck I had just had. I was still dripping, though I was not certain whether it was Jimmy's come or my anticipation of tomorrow.
Ooh, very sexy. Well, that's the end of the excerpt. All right, baby, are you ready for the interview? Oh, fuck yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. And don't forget to pick up this book on Amazon. Links down in the podcast show notes where you can get this book for yourself and find out what else these two sexy people do. Free you. So damn, what a fucking sexy idea. Mm, Sounds like some damn good fun role play, doesn't it? Let's go. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited. I am going to talk to another erotica author, which I love to do. I love to talk to authors and especially erotica authors because we're a different subset. We're a different, I don't know, we're just awesome. And we somehow are just a different category of writers. And it's just really amazing. I am going to introduce you to Hardison Harper. Do you call me Intrigue Verse 2 or is that just your website? Um, That's my website. Okay. So Hardison Parker is who you go by as an author. Yes. Okay. Okay, everyone. I'm excited to introduce you to Hardison Parker, who writes erotic romance, as I said. And he enjoys weaving interesting stories and steamy passion into a work of art. I love that. And he often writes about BDSM, Shibari, Hot Wives, Dom Sub, Group Sex, Sexy Vampires, and LTBTQ. I have a hard time saying that. LGBTQ plus. <laughs> I don't think I made it. <laughs> anything else you want to add to that list? Because that's that's what I got from Amazon. Is that anything else you like to add to that list? No, I like to just keep it across the board. I, I don't like to stick to any one thing. And some people say that's a bad thing, but my readers seem to like it. You know, I'm with you. And I, the reason I am the same way as you is I'm not that narrow in what I like. So I think most people have a wide range of kinks that they like. So why, I don't understand the whole focusing in on just one particular thing. And I think I would actually get bored of that. I like to do multiple things. I was just going to say that. I get bored if I write the same type of story every time. Right. I feel like I would, I would feel like it kind of would be like a cage, you know, like you have to do the same thing every time I'd be like, oh, well, I just did this, you know, like, I don't think I would like it. Yeah, me neither. And some people do different stories under different pen names. But, you know, I work during the day and I come home at night and I really don't have time to market for more than one pen name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I I wish I did. And, you know, I don't I honestly I know some people say you should, you know, niche your writing and, you know, fall into a specific genre or niche. But I don't know that I agree, because I think if someone likes your writing, they are. No one has just one kink that they love. So you're giving them something from, you know, multiple areas that exciting and fun. So I don't think it's a bad thing at all, personally. Then we're on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me what brought you to writing erotica? What was like your aha moment? Like, I need to do this. This is what I want to do. Oh, it's a funny story. I was talking to someone on Twitter who I was interested in, and they were a writer of a romance novel. Mm. And it was a spicy romance novel. And we got talking, and somehow it became a thing where I said, I could do this. And so I started writing my first book. It took me five years to write it. Mm. It was a labor of both love and the roller coaster relationship that my friend and I had. Yeah. Um, and 
then it came out. And then I learned how not to publish books, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I really think everyone who does it without doing a lot of research mm. finds out. Your first book right. is usually a difficult publication. Um, mm-hmm. But I was lucky because Twitter has a very friendly writing community. It does. And I got advice from some people. I changed the cover. Then I got advice from more people. And I decided to start doing shorter books. And it sort of all came together. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people talk about how erotica books are so short. And it's really interesting because so so I've like put my feelers out into other areas getting reviewers and that's one of their complaints is that it's a short it's a short piece so it's interesting how it's sort of a subset thing that in erotica short pieces tend to be more what people are interested in i think that's really interesting don't you is it and so you found that as well yeah for the most part i i think so um i i think it's because a lot of the people who read erotica don't really care much about the story yeah i mean i write erotica with a lot of story even my spiciest books have story to them. Some people yeah. just throw the not not story part in there and that's their whole book. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I find people want a short read. I don't know if it's because they figure they're just going to need a break at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe they just want to read, you know, the spicy part and that's it. But um, I have written books that are borderline on the romance section. So they're a little mm-hmm. bit longer. And then my yeah. first book was, was a novella. It was 70,000 words. So, Right. Again, I'm just like you. I've written short things and I've written long things. Like I just released an erotic romance set. It's in the 80,000 word mark. So I'm all across the board too, because I want to offer things of different levels because there are people that want different lengths of works, especially, you know, in, in any genre, but especially I find that in erotica, in erotic romance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because for romance novels by themselves, there's this whole trope of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, which I hate. (laughs) Oh, I hate it too. And I don't do it, but. No, I don't either. It's just a funny trope because you have to do the meet cute and then they have to have Mm -hmm. something to separate them. And you don't have that in erotica. You get to write whatever you want as long as you Uh keep it hot. So I kind of like that. Yes. I like that freedom too. I hate the whole, it has to follow this. This again, I feel caged in. Just like we were talking about earlier with sticking to a niche. I don't want to be caged in like that. And I don't think that, I mean, I don't know. As a reader, I don't think I want an exact formula for every book. Like, you know, I know what I want in books and I know what I don't, but I don't feel like it has to follow this specific formula like a lot of romance books do. Right. And that's because the, the romance readers have gotten together and decided that someone wrote a successful book. And they liked it. And then they wrote the, the roadmap for it. And that became the roadmap for all romance books. So reviewers in the romance genre mm-hmm. are looking for that roadmap yep. and locks authors into this pattern. And I'm not super comfortable with that. Not either. And I think that's boring. I mean, honestly, I just think that's boring. I would rather have, you know, different things. I want to be surprised, unexpected things, you know, like, I don't like this whole, okay, now this happened. Oh, okay. Now this has to happen. Oh, this has to happen. I don't know. I guess, I'm, you know, they say the brain likes novelty. That's not novelty. You know, that's not. That's, that's you know, repeated crap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, just I'm, not, I'm, I'm, just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. <laughs> I'm dissing on romance authors. There are some very, yeah, no. very good romance authors out there, and I love reading their mm-hmm. books. But uh, 
you know, it's just getting locked into that pattern is the thing that I'm not thrilled with. And I wrote a, a book that was along the romance lines, my first one that I wrote in that area. And it mm-hmm. didn't do so well because the audience that was reading it was the romance readers and I wasn't following their their pattern that they wanted. So I ended up having to write an epilogue and a prologue just to clean it up for them. And mm-hmm. I told myself, I'm not going to do that again. You know, I'm, I'm going to stick to something where I can have my freedom. Oh, exactly. You know, and it, I don't know, like I, like I said, I was talking to this person that, or I started to say, I was talking to this person that is, a, she's an expert in sexology and all this kind of stuff about sex. And, and, you know, she's got a PhD, she's got all these degrees, just like the human brain likes novelty. And we seek that out. If we continue to keep doing the same things over and over again, and there's not enough of a difference, the brain gets bored. And so I feel like throwing erotica in there is like bringing in that novelty in into the literary world, into the publishing world that is is otherwise lacking because of yeah. the people sticking to the like, trope, you know? Exactly. So I don't know. I think we're fresh of a breath, fresh of air, as they say. <laughs> I think we're that spice. I think we're that yumminess that is there. But, you know, a lot of people will also pick on erotica for, like you said earlier, some people get mad that there's none of story. And, you know, it's too smutty, you know, and when I see people give those kind of reviews, I'm like, you realize it's erotica, right? I mean, it's, there are different levels of erotica. Of course, there's erotic romance, there's erotica, and I think they're smut. But still, it's like, you realize you're not reading a regular romance novel. So I get kind of annoyed at reviewers who, who try to lump it in there with romance because it doesn't fit there. Right. But I, I think what happens the most is people who like to read the romance novels are a lot of people who they just don't want to admit they like the, the spicier things. <laughs> so one, it left to their imagination because then they can say, well, this book's fine. I can leave it here. My kids can pick it up and it's not so bad. But in the meantime, in their mind, they're going through the same things that are happening in the other books, you know, in the spicier books, they're just not seeing it written in so much detail. It's when it's in so much detail that a lot of people seem to act offended about it, but they're the same people who are still buying those books and, uh, (laughs) you know, so. Well, exactly. And so I just think it's funny too. It's like, there's so many people that want erotica, but it's like, so like regulated, like we can't pay for ads on Amazon they'll sell our works but they won't let us advertise and it's just i think it's ridiculous how it's so they can totally funnel it to people who buy erotica or you know they could have a check mark i want to see explicit content ads i don't you know and it's just annoying to me that they won't do that for us yet they'll publish it and the most annoying thing is they let people who write books about murder and mass destruction and war they get to advertise and we who write about the natural act of sex cannot it just pisses me off big time yeah and it's it's funny because you can play with your keywords and uh, maybe tone the book down just a little and put it in the mm-hmm. romance category and you can advertise it and it's mm-hmm. almost word for word what you would do if you put it in erotica and that's mm-hmm. okay just right. once you call yeah. it erotica that it becomes that stigma but i do think that amazon is trying to work something uh to okay to allow some kind of ads is that's one of the reasons they're breaking when you register your book now you have to pick erotica categories okay from that and also i'm part of the uh, amazon ad council oh nice anything specifically yet but they're starting to hint at doing something like that where that you can have just 
Amazon, I mean, focused ads on just erotica readers. Oh, that's really exciting. I'm so excited to hear that. That is awesome. I can't say that it's actually going to happen, but I can say right. that but. The, the rumors are beginning. So, right. I mean, the fact that they're thinking about it and maybe potentially willing is a good sign. You know, I think that's a good sign. I do too. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. enjoy it. So what what is your favorite thing to write about of the topics that I talked about or even something else? What's something that really gets you going? You're like, oh, I got I want to write about this. Do you have one you really enjoy or you really just kind of feel like you enjoy lots of things, as we said? Um, well, I do enjoy lots of things, but mm-hmm. I, I'm at heart a fantasy science fiction. Oh, nut. OK, mm-hmm. so I'm starting to do more in that regard. I wrote Teleportication, which is started as a medium story. Okay. I'm part of a publication on Medium called Damn it. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> Wait, I'll cut this, this probably get cut out. Thanks. Tantalizing Tales. Oh, yeah. And they let, okay. Yeah, they let me write series for them every other Friday. And I could do like short little series. So I use it to experiment and I got into this story about a girl who can teleport, but when she does, it arouses everyone around her on both ends, nice. including herself. Um, so it makes it makes for some interesting situations when she gets somewhere. And of course, she doesn't know how to control it or anything like that. And right. it's also kind of a spy thriller where she's being hunted by people who are going to want to use her power. And so it's my favorite story to write because it covers a little bit of the sci-fi, a little bit of a better story than just someone meets someone and they go have sex. So, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I enjoy that. And I think I'm going to be doing a little bit more of that in the future. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I need to do more on medium. I do have some there, but you know, like you said, it's hard to do everything, but a medium is such a great place for erotica, isn't it? Like I, I just was talking with someone on Reddit who was trying to get into rock and I said, get yourself on medium because it's a great platform for erotica. It is. I don't think it. it's a good platform to make a million right but no. mm-hmm. it's your name out there it helps you market yes. your books can make you a couple hundred bucks a month and mm-hmm. it really lets you write as long or as short as you want and test mm-hmm. things out so i did yeah. a 10 story series and then i turned it into a book added a couple extra chapters and yep. um it's one of my best-selling books so, awesome. um, yeah but i like that i also like writing from the the dom sub perspective generally i write from the female perspective sometimes i switch that up but most of the time i write from the female perspective because i think the the readers like that better i've been i've been told i do it well you know i'm still (laughs) a man so i'm sure i don't get it 100 percent right but but i've been told i do it very well Um, that's awesome yeah Yeah. that's my thing but i do like the dom sub i do like the bdsm but i don't like the dark side of it i Mm, I don't write humiliation i don't write pain um, right. I write sort of the the control part of it, and yeah. I throw in role play, but I, I like to do it in an artistic way. Like I, one of my series is about Shibari, um, mm, yeah. So you know, but I do like restraint. I do like edging, that sort of thing. For a yeah. while, I was fascinated with the whole Bluetooth thing, so I wrote a bunch of stuff about that. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think it's just there's so many different things you can do with it. And that's, I think that's one of the great things about the BDSM category too. There's such a wide range and a ginormous gradient. It can be really mild and it can be really severe and everywhere in between. Exactly. And some people don't know that they think of, of 
you know, BDSM as, oh, it's just punishment and spanking and, and paddles and whips. And it can be, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, just the whole Dom sub thing is all about the submission and, and the control. Um, and yep. people, people often mistake who has the power in that situation, but. It, oh, they totally do. Don't they? I know most people don't really get it. You know, the whole, the, 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 the whole splash of the giant book that brought BDSM to the forefront of everyone was great because it brought everyone there, but it also gave them the wrong impression that it's actually the sub that has the most power. And most people do not realize that. Right. And I always tell someone when I, when they're talking about that book, that it's clear the author had not experienced the lifestyle and Mm -hmm. they're writing from what people think it is rather than what people no, it is. Right. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I always feel like it's great that it brought things to light and made things less tab- taboo, but it also gives a wrong impression. And I've actually never read it or seen the movie because everyone I talked to said it was so poorly written. So I'm like, well, why am I going to read it or listen to it then or watch it? Did you? I did. I read the first two books and then I, I just couldn't get into the story after that because changed from what it was supposed to be to this romance and trying to fix him. And there's nothing wrong with a dom. I mean, there are some really bad doms, but (laughs) but there's nothing wrong with a dom. There's nothing wrong with a sub. What there is, is a dynamic between the two. And then to go and twist it. So, oh, it has to end with a romantic happy ending. And he has to have some bad secret revealed. It just didn't fit. And... I, I think a lot of dangerous things have come out of that book that yes. people don't realize are connected to that. But I think there's a lot of potential for some people who read that book to think it allows them to be abused. Because there's there's parts of that book where he's abusing her. Right. And that's what I've heard. And that's the part that is just disturbing because it's such a big book that people see this and they think that's just, this is how it is. So now they have all these misconceptions. Exactly. And that's, that's, I don't know. It's really hard to fix that. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of what we're battling right now, too, I think is a wrong. And, and that's, that's why, that's why I, authors like myself and all, also a lot of other authors that I know, we write it from a better perspective. Yes. Where we show that the submissive has the control. We show that you can be dominant without making it a damaging thing. Yeah, when I write it, they have their happy ending because that's what they want is they want this mm-hmm. dom sub dynamic. They want to be exactly. controlled or they want to do the controlling. They they take care of their partners. Uh, you know, they, they have the self-care, they have the aftercare, but it's not about the the damage that that's done afterwards. It's it's about making it a positive experience and that's what i try to do when i when i write about it is make it a positive experience one that goes hey that worked out for them i want to feel that if i'm going to get into that i'm talking about the bdsm and do you feel like i feel this way too i feel like a little bit of what i do even though i'm writing a story is that education piece for people because for the very reason you were just talking about do you feel that as well like you feel like you're doing some actual education for people i do i do when i wrote my the Art of Passion series, which is about Shibari. I spent a lot of time researching it before I wrote about it. 
And I tried to work as much of that in as sort of a lesson that this is what it's about, that it's not just tying someone up. It's an art. Mm-hmm. And and so Absolutely. made my character go through those feelings of how, hey, I can look at myself in the mirror and it's beautiful. The other thing I really love to do, which maybe you do as well, is because you're writing from a female perspective, is to talk about female sexuality, female organs, because that's so ignored in the media that how women actually come and that the clitoris is involved. And that is a huge part of, of their sexuality, because the way it's portrayed, you know, it's like, oh, insert penis. Oh, she comes. You know, like it's it's <laughs> it's just so fucked that, up. That, you doesn't know, happen in my, that doesn't happen my novels i mean they do come <laughs> from that eventually but no it's all about it's all about the other things mm-hmm, exactly and so i love to include that too because you know you know someone reading it might be like oh i i didn't know that or i didn't think of it that way and so i love to like bring that in in the beginning when i first started writing i think i didn't do it as much as i do it now now i'm like now i like almost focus on it and bring it in so that people you know it's like an aha moment for them like oh well, yeah, yeah, I like that too. You know, so kind of trying to break down that stupid, you know, trope that they have about sexuality that exists in all our damn media. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. But what I try, whenever I'm writing, I try to start at the brain because mm-hmm. in yeah. all my experience for women, okay. it starts with the brain. If there's not that mental thing going, it doesn't matter what you touch, it's not going to work. Absolutely. And so all my stories start with something. I may not like say they're going for the brain, but there's always some mental, there's some mental attraction going on before it gets to anything else. And I wish more people realize that because it would make people's relationships so much better. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wouldn't it? I know. I feel like it's like, so, so many of us in the erotica genre, and people who work in sexuality in some way, like the sex coaches and all that, we're all fighting to teach people these things, which is opposite of what our culture and society has taught us. And it's so interesting, but so also like wonderful to be a part of this movement that is like bringing different things to light and helping people think things in a different way and see that, you know what, what I saw in that movie last week, that's, that's really not how it happens. You know, like right. it, I think it highlights that, you know, like it, I don't know. I think it's great that we do it. <laughs> it, it. It's hard for people to get past the male uh, scientists who spent years telling us what worked and what didn't. Uh, and they had no idea because they didn't consider what the woman was feeling. Exactly. So, you know, if more people realize that you need to get women ready mentally, mm-hmm. physically, before you get into the direct touching, it would be so much better for all these people. I read about all the women who don't have orgasms with their partner, and I'm convinced that that's because they're not being treated the way they should be. They're not being mentally stimulated before they're physically stimulated. Right. And when I hear all this too, I hear a lot of women who, you know, in relationships no longer want to have sex. It's because they're not being pleasured right. They're not orgasming. They're not having fucking fun. Well, of course, who's going to want to do something they're not having fun doing? I mean, duh. Like, it's like, it's like they just ignore the fact that it doesn't make any sense. It's obviously logical that they're bored and they're not enjoying it. So you got to fucking change it up. Duh. This isn't like rocket science, you know? Make, make them a participant, not just, you know, tool yep yep 
Exactly. Exactly. And let's get rid of the shame that, you know, women have to want certain things or act a certain way or look a certain way, you know, like, oh my let God. them be. I know, right? It's 2023 and there's so many people like just on Twitter who have that philosophy and I'm just like, get over it. You know, this is the way it's going to go. You can't stop it. Once once the women woke up, you can't <laughs> stop them from, from wanting that feeling. So, yep. you know, you're just going to make it more difficult for yourself. And, you know, but you have to take time. You have to learn the person you're with and because it's different for everyone. You yes. know, you can't touch every single person the same way. And once you learn that, you'll be way more successful with a partner. Oh, 100 percent. Totally. So I have to ask you, do you tend to write more of what's related to your fantasies or do you write more based on what you've done in real life? That's a hard one because I've had the, yeah. the, the lucky I guess, lifestyle where I've experienced quite a bit of things most people don't. I was a swinger for a number of years. Uh, so I've experienced quite a bit of what I write about, but I've also got ideas of things I want to try or wish I had tried. And I write about those too. I only got into the, the Dom sub thing a little bit late in life. So I did miss out on a lot of opportunities. So I do write about that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of get angry when people will say things to writers, well, you shouldn't write that if you haven't done it. Well, I think that's total fucking BS. Let's see. Has Stephen King murdered people? Has he turned into a crazy person? Have anybody, has anybody flown to the fucking moon or Mars? No. Right. That's what you fiction's know what all about. <laughs> yeah. And also, does that mean I shouldn't fantasize about it if I haven't done it? Right. What the fuck? I just get pissed at people that say that kind of shit. I really do. Yeah. But they're all people who are just judgmental. They they mm. want things to be the way they want them to be. And, right. you know. And, you know, I once was on this podcast and they were like all bent out of shape because I had I wrote about something I hadn't done. And I thought, you know what? Maybe my perspective will appeal more to someone who hasn't done what is happening in this. And that is still a fucking valid viewpoint, because don't we need opinions and experiences all across the fucking gradient? in our literature? Hell yes, we do. Because I just think that's total BS. And not only that, you can research it, you can read about it, and you can learn it. You can fantasize about it. Doesn't mean you have to do it. I'll go back to the whole thing about people writing about science fiction and fantasy. That shit is made up too. So fuck off. I've never written a dragon, but I can write about it. Exactly. That doesn't mean it's not valid because you didn't meet a fucking dragon in your life, you know? <laughs> and most of us have had an experience doing something that may have been like similar to to what we're writing about yeah exactly. so it's easy to, to transpose that like i've written a horse but i've never written a dragon but i can write about writing a dragon because it's going to be somewhat like writing a horse you know so i can 100%. <laughs> yeah but i do do research when i write yeah make sure that i at least know what is correct about certain things as to how to use mm -hmm. a, an item or you know safety things yes. um I try to make sure I research the non-sexual stuff as well, um, because yeah, I do sure. often write historical stories or locations, and I don't want to get, you know, San Francisco wrong or, you know, New York right, wrong. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. um, and too, like, you know, yeah, I've done that too. Where like, you know, I included a particular sex toy. It was a, it was a glass dildo, and I had never used one, but I knew 
someone who had. So I asked her a bunch of questions. You know, it's like, it doesn't mean I can't write about using a glass dildo just because I haven't used one. I think that's just stupid that people would think that, you know, like, this isn't memoir. This isn't nonfiction. This is fiction. I, I mean, think about what happened before the internet where people didn't have anything except an encyclopedia that was 10 years out of date to to read about something <laughs> and may have one paragraph on something, you know. But, you know, I was doing something recently about anal sex and I just went online to see what people said about it. And I found women who were explaining how they felt during anal sex. And mm-hmm. so I read all these things that women said about how they felt. And I incorporated certain parts of that into what I was writing. Absolutely. 100% valid. Those are recounts of reality that those people are sharing that are great for an author to, to read and, and use to, yeah, to shape what they're writing. Oh, for sure. And I do that too when I don't know how to use a toy, like you said, or like, oh, I was writing about a sex room for a story I just finished in Medium, um, uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Panties. Oh, yeah, I saw um, it on Medium. <laughs> I loved it. It was fun to write. But uh, I think I'm going to do a follow-up to it at some point, but not right away. Um, nice. It's a good but, title. I got to say that. <laughs> well, there was the movie. It fit so well. I like I like coming up with titles. I don't know if you've seen me on Twitter, on a Harrison Parker account, but I'll do polls of titles like that and just yeah. see who, what people want me to write. So that was one that people picked that oh, I should write. Yes. And, Perfect. And um, I really enjoyed writing it because it gives you the story, but then you get to put your own erotic twist on it. So for the end of it, they were in a sex room and had them doing a lot of things, but I didn't want them to use the same machine over and over again or the same toy over and right. over again. So I no. went online. I looked at other things that might be in a sex room and some I had seen used before or used myself and some I had and I just incorporated as much of it as I could because that's the way my mind works. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I've done that too. I've even gone on like Amazon and like researched their sex furniture because they actually have sex furniture on Amazon. You know, it, oh, I know. it seems so sex negative, but they actually sell that stuff. Yeah, they do. They do. And that stuff yeah. they can advertise apparently. Well, yeah, because it's from a company. That's what is total. That's what is total BS too. Other thing that bugs the shit out of me is like on Instagram, say like a woman is a sex coach and she puts on a picture of herself in lingerie and they cut it down. But the companies can put any picture they want of any woman in lingerie and it gets to stay. That's total fucking BS. And unfortunately, that's the world we live in. But isn't that fucking annoying? Yeah, it's TikTok too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TikTok is awful. Yeah, I hate that I'm on TikTok, but I hate it. I, I get uh, some of my posts taken down because the cover is too risque, but there's people posting uh-huh. themselves almost nude. And just yep. because they use the tag fake body, it doesn't get kicked off. Oh, yeah, totally. I did this one post. I was with, with a bunch of erotica authors, and it was just this video of everybody's cover. And Amazon yeah. was okay with it, and they took it down. I'm like, it's fucking book covers that Amazon accepts, and you're going to ban it? What the fuck? I had an I had an entire account closed because I posted a book cover that Amazon accepted. Now, granted, Jeez. it was a woman who had rope wrapped around her, but not in like a like bondage way. But mm-hmm. it was like the precursor for bondage. It was just okay. a woman. Just she had gathered rope around her body. Uh, but yeah, they they banned my account. I had to make a new account. 
that's such BS. And here's what I don't get. So like I interviewed a man on here who is a Shibari expert and he's on he's on a podcast and he's huge on TikTok. Right. And this is what he does. He ties up people and he but his account is huge. Right. So he right. gets to post all these things. And then like, OK, that doesn't make any sense. So what that tells me also is that they give the bigger accounts more leniency than they do the little accounts. Because he yeah. posts all the fucking time. And that's what he's posting about is bondage and tying people up. I'm like, huh? I found since I became a creator level that my posts don't get flagged as much. Okay. I didn't. Oh, I wonder if I'm creator level. I should check that you out. You have more than a thousand subscribers. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, well, once you hit a thousand, you can switch to creator. Okay. And you get a lot more leeway. You can go live. You can have longer videos. Okay, I'll have to check that out because I'm not sure. I don't spend a whole lot of time on TikTok because they've taken on so many of my posts. So I'm like, I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time there. Although I know it's a great tool to reach readers. Yeah, I'm getting active in the book talk community and I've run a few ads that have gotten good response. Because mm -hmm. you can advertise your books. <laughs> you just have to make sure they don't have someone tied with a rope. <laughs> um, <laughs> Unless you're the man that I talked about, you can do all the fucking rope you want, apparently. <laughs> right. Although I, man, I, have a I don't want to pick does, on him. He's great. I have a feeling he does it with mostly clothed, clothed women, though, on TikTok. I don't know. I can't the imagine. He sent me. I don't know the pictures. I should look because the pictures he sent me, they were they were not wearing a lot of clothing. So that's what makes me suspicious, that they treat the bigger comp the bigger accounts differently than they do. Actually, I know this is true on Instagram because I tell this story. My listeners probably get tired of me saying it, but there's this woman who is pelvic floor rehab doctor, right? And so she put right. this post and it was a poll like, okay, women, what gets you off the most? Which part of your body? And it was like clitoris, G-spot, anal nipples or something. I don't remember what the fourth one was, but she could put the word clitoris. But me, I have a smaller account on Instagram. I went in and I chose clitoris and I wrote clitoris and I got the community ban. And I'm oh. like, okay, so she can write clitoris, but I can't. I got community violation regulation flags coming up. And so then I decided I got, I was pissed off. I'm like, my body part is not a bad fucking word. Fuck you. So then I got in there and I put in penis. I got no flag. So penis is allowed. Taurus <laughs> <Victoria> is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because Mark Zuckerberg doesn't believe in the clitoris. I know. He's just a dick. So, you know, I guess that fits. <laughs> oh, man. So tell me, what's your writing process? Like every author I talk to, I just, and I love, I think it's fascinating how everybody has a different process. Like some people need a certain treat. Some people need a certain food. They need a certain drink. They need a certain time of day. They need a certain mind frame. They write, you know, 500 minimum words a day. What's your process? What do you do? Do you have something or are you just whatever you feel like? Well, people would call me a pantser yeah. Um, yeah. because I tend to just do things on the fly. I don't I don't plot very much, although lately I've been plotting a little bit more because I'm taking on a bigger project. Nice. But yeah, I, I don't really have a process. I have a little cubby behind my bed, my room. It's like the, the way the house is built. It's this tiny little office space that doesn't have a door, but it's in my bedroom behind my bed and set up with just a computer desk, two monitors and a bunch of books. And Got it. Uh, I have a little wine fridge, which I use for waters and wine. <laughs> wine. Oh, I'm drinking wine right now. So cheers. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so I'll just come up here and, you know, do work during the day. And I have 
kid who just now turned 19. So okay. for most of the time I've been writing, I've had to be taking care of him. Uh, and so my time is so limited that I don't have the time to do 500 words a day or a thousand words a day. So I'll sit down and write until I'm done and then go to bed. And then I'll come home for work, make dinner. I'll sit down and write and then however many words. And so sometimes I find myself up against a deadline and I'll just stay up all night the night before the deadline to finish something. Um, sure. So I try to give myself artificial deadlines ahead of time uh, <laughs> so that it gets done early. But most of the time I'm just <laughs> writing last minute to finish things up. But yeah, it's I'm very good at doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, not bragging because I don't know that it's a good thing, but I've always been able to just sit and do things quickly and not need much editing. That's good. So with Grammarly's help and a little bit of a reread, I usually get the editing done quickly, but I've always been able to just do one draft of things and be done. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I noticed you're like really organized though. Cause like you have your release coming out on the 18th. You have a release coming on the 18th and on in October. I'm like, dude, you are, you are organized because oh, I, am- I also have a December release, but, but, awesome. <laughs> but it's not me I found. I don't know if you've done any of these yet, but I found out about collabs where 12 or 13 or 20 authors get together and they write a Christmas book or they write a Halloween book or they write a hot wife sure. book mm-hmm. and they schedule everything. So then I have my deadline and then I know I have to get things done. Like I know I have a book <laughs> coming out on September 18th. I need to have it submitted to KDP by September 12th. So right. I have my deadline and that's the one that's coming out the millionaire million dollar trick. So is that one an anthology of multiple authors? It's not an anthology. It's a collaboration. So I have a book coming out on the 18th. Someone has one coming out on the 17th. And so most of September, someone's releasing a book in that series. Oh, I see. So you do a series together. That's kind of what the deal is. Yeah. Let me pull it up. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I tend to work better under a deadline too, but I'm not good at, if I gave myself a fake deadline, I wouldn't believe it. So I wouldn't be very good at that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I always have my, I always have my KDP deadline. Uh, Keep me honest. Because it, t- yeah, if, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to risk getting too many of those things. Oh, I hate that it doesn't come up yet. Um, <laughs> I, I should just. So use you have that. the. I'm sorry. Is that? Oh, I'm talking to myself a little bit, but to pull off this book and it's not coming up because it's not published yet. Um, okay, gotcha. But hang on, just a sec. My two million. I'm only saying hang on because you said you could edit things, so. You don't have to have that in the yes. <laughs> podcast, but why is it not coming? There we go. Okay, so why is it not the series not coming up? Oh, there it is. <laughs> so it's called it's called Love for Hire, okay. and there's eleven authors in it, and we're all writing books about high end escort services. Gotcha. So, Very and nice. it's a mix so of, is that of the million people. dollar trick. Yeah, that's the one okay. from September. The million dollar trick and wrote my embarrassing Vela experience. I started a book in Vela, which is still there, but not finished yet. Okay. And Kindle Vela, I don't know if you've tried it, but Kindle Vela is serialization. It's sort of like medium, but yeah, people have to pay with points to read it. And I think I was getting like two reads an episode because I just don't know how to public, how to promote it because you can't promote it the same way you promote your other stuff. Um, and for a while, it was making decent money because they were giving bonuses every month for people who were 
publishing, but mm. that kept going down because that was only a limited time and it just wasn't worth the time I was spending on it. So I need yeah. to finish them because I'm not going to leave them half finished. But the point I'm trying to make is one of the ones I wrote is called Beck and Call. It's about a guy named Beck who starts a escort service called okay. Beck and Call, which I thought was a great name for an escort service. It is. Especially I say that. <laughs> <laughs> so in that series, he's being challenged by someone he meets to not have sex with his clients and still satisfy them. Um, oh, intriguing. Yeah. And the goal at the end of that is she'll go out on a date with him if he does that. So oh, okay. um, so he's got to go through that. And that's where it's kind of in limbo right now, because I just I just don't have time to do a serialization like that. Like I can do the medium one because I know people are going to read it. Right. But with the Vela one, people just weren't reading it and just getting frustrated posting things. And yes. I, I can skip a week on Medium and not have anyone cry about it. I can't skip a week exactly. on, on that without the reader saying, well, we want an episode. So I just I need to get back to it and finish it. But it's about halfway done on there. But so this is the same character, just a different time in his life. Mm -hmm. And this this story is going to be about uh, where he has a bet. Where he'll make a million dollars from getting this girl to sleep with him, but <laughs> it's not going to be easy for him. There, there's a challenge. Uh -huh. So, yeah. And whether he wants to take up the challenge is going to be part of the story. So it's going to be an interesting story. Oh, absolutely. And so that's the one that's coming out September 18th? Yes. Awesome. That's very cool. That's a very cool thing. And then you have The Hot Wife Bitten, which is coming out October 12th, I saw. Right. That's the Halloween collab another co collaboration with about 20 authors, I think in that one. That's nice. So then when you do that, then you like help promote each other's books. Yes. That's the whole point of it is because I have 2000 subscribers to my newsletter and someone else may have 10,000 subscribers. Someone else may have 1000, but there's some overlap, but for the most part, we all have different audiences, especially because a lot of these collabs have some people who are more romance authors than they are, um, uh, erotica authors. So mm -hmm. they, we're exposing each other to larger audiences and new audiences. And those books, they always sell better than the books that I put out on my own. Yeah. And that makes sense. I didn't realize you could serialize with different authors. Like I've done series. Well, we're not serializing. Own. Okay. Yeah. They don't take place in the same storyline. Gotcha. They're just, okay. they're all independent stories. Like I did one called Touched in Paradise a while back, which was uh, uh, Temptations Paradise Resort. All the books take place at Temptations Paradise Resort, but they're all at different times. So the characters don't really run into each other. Um, yeah. They can run into each other. I, I did a, a one which is called Touched at the Con, um, which is that's the one I ran. And it was uh, all taking place at a comic convention. So there was a lot of cosplay and a lot of crossover in terms of we allowed each other to use certain characters from our stories in their story like oh i see this booth run by um the people from alexa summers level up and so you know there's a lot there's a lot of little easter eggs that we put in there but the story is still independent you don't have to know anything about these other things for Got to it. read each each person's story but we had like 16 people write books for that series and uh yeah that makes sense. So, so there's a connection between the stories, but it not is not necessarily the same characters and it's not a serialized storyline. Right. And if you're like me, I use some of the, the collabs to write 
my series, like I have a whole hot wife series and each one of those books has been in a collab, but after six months, you can take it out of the collab and I'm putting it all as a series now. So it's the same two characters and then a whole bunch of other characters, but it's all about this hot wife, Jesse and her husband, Martin and Martin is the motivation behind her hot wife activities because I got tired of people comparing hot wife to cheating. Right. So it is totally different. Yes. Yeah. So this is Martin. And the first one takes place in Vegas. She's on a business trip and Martin sets her up with all of these adventures and just says, no matter what happens, just say yes. And that's her first exposure. (laughs) That's her first exposure to hot wife. And since I live in Vegas, it was really easy for me to find places that they could have sex. Um, I bet. That's a nice little thing. (laughs) Yeah. So she gets all these experiences in Vegas and, then they go several months without anything. And then I wrote a little short story for them for Thanksgiving, where she's mm. basically the Thanksgiving meal and he invites people. <laughs> and yeah. And then I did Hot Wife uh, Gift Exchange, which was Perfect. where he made her the, the the elephant gift for his office. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and then we did a Hot Wife Valentine's one. Um, I can't remember what that one's called off the top of my head. <laughs> that is awesome. But, that is awesome. Yeah. And so she found a table there. She was at Valentine's dinner with her husband and there was a group of four anti-Valentine's people at the, the restaurant they were in. And so she convinced them to like Valentine's Day. <laughs> I bet she <Yeah>. did. <laughs> she did. And then the last one that I, I just published was um, the summer one, Hot, Hot Wife Summer. This was Hot Wife Bears It All. And she goes to Jamaica to an all-inclusive adult resort with her husband and he sets her up with a lot of different people. Very nice. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of, yeah, a lot of amazing adventures and exciting things to write about. And it's kind of fun too, because it's kind of like you're given a little bit of an assignment, but you don't have to, but you kind of get to go your own way. Exactly. Exactly. You get to pick how, how it goes and what happens and uh, everyone's writing the same theme and people want to read that, especially the romance readers, I think. Yeah, yeah. They like to see things happen in the same location because they go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just fun. It's kind of like if you like one book, you're like, it's like when you don't want like a movie to end or a TV series to end. And then it doesn't because there's something else you can go into that space with. And it's just really fun and exciting. And just it's like a fresh look on something you already liked. Exactly. Um, And then I'll have a Christmas one, too, in the collab. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. Very cool. That's a great thing. And, you know, like you were talking about on Twitter, there is a great, I know Twitter is experiencing a lot of bombs going on right now, but it has been a great place for writers, especially erotica authors. Do you feel like it's being damaged by the, you know, who Elon fuck face, or do you feel like it's still thriving? <laughs> I think it's being extremely damaged because a lot of people are leaving a lot of people can't talk in dms anymore uh, because they have these artificial limits that don't make any sense and the reach is down i started twitter before i started the writing community i started twitter in hashtag games Uh, so i don't know if you've seen those but you get a hashtag like uh let's see i'll give you one that's trending right now Um, 
I have to go to my other account for there. So, so the most current one right now is in my senior years, and then you're supposed to finish since. Um, so, so the hashtag yeah. is hashtag in my senior years, and then you, you mm-hmm. do something, and it's funny, and people will post some happy things, people will post sexy things, people will post uh, just dumb things, whatever comes to mind, and you usually attach a, a gif or a meme or something with it, or just a picture that goes with what you're saying. And so I started playing that and I used to get hundreds to thousands of likes and retweets. So now you only get even the people who do this all the day long, they only get like 10 to 15 likes and retweets. If you get 20, you're, you're doing better. And that's because they're basically throttling the community. Um, they are. And if you don't have a blue check, you're throttled. If you have a blue check, you're still throttled. Because I know people who have a blue check who don't get much more in terms of likes than than mm-hmm. I do, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's bad for the community because sharing is no longer getting anywhere. Like my Intriverse account, yeah. if I share things on that, I don't get a lot of people seeing them. I have 5,000 plus followers on that. Yeah. And I'm lucky if I get like 180 people even seeing the post. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Basically, he's driving it into the ground is what he's doing. He's completely just wrecking it. Yeah, I think he's doing it on purpose because he uh-huh. was mad that he had to buy it. I don't think he I ever thought that... he, his offer would be accepted. And I've heard, too, that he's controlled by other people that want him to destroy, wanted him to destroy it because they didn't like it existing in the world. And I don't know oh, what the truth is, but it's all very disturbing and sad. And yeah, you know, but the it, good thing is. A lot of people in the writing community have formed a discord. Yeah. So sure. we can still communicate with, with each other. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot of the helpful advice is out there on the discord, but yeah, I mean, the f- friendships that are formed on, on Twitter are not going to be so easy to form anymore no, and everyone's going to different better. platforms. So, yeah. you know, can't keep up with having a blue sky, a thread, a Twitter, you know, I think I have yeah. a hive. <laughs> I just can't keep up with all that. And yeah, you know, and that was probably my his friends... goal. Yeah. To scatter yeah. everybody so that they can't congregate. I don't know what his goal is, but I just think that I hope karma bites his ass off is, you know, what I hope. Because who takes something that is just amazing and decides to fucking destroy it? And I think karma needs to just fucking destroy him. I think he underestimated oh. what people would tolerate. Yeah. And I, I think he said, well, I'll I'll make some money by charging for a blue check and was upset when people didn't do it. Right. And then so when, people started, yeah. when people started blocking people with blue checks, he's like, well, then what's the point of buying a blue check? So then he made it so you could right. hide the blue check. <laughs> you know, well, why are you <laughs> buying a blue check if you can hide it? You know, right. Exactly. So maybe that's his motivation for this latest mention, doing the whole you can't block anybody. You think that's what it is? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm, I didn't. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that makes sense. He's scrambling. The right wing people who bought blue checks and are not getting any sight because people are blocking them are mad. Yeah, But there's ways he could have initiated a feature like that that weren't so dangerous. But by saying you can't block anyone on your public timeline, he's making it so stalkers, even if you yeah. mute them, can still see what you post. Right. It's going to fucking blow up. Yeah. So if you have someone who has threatened you or actually harmed you and 
they can still see what you post. They can just make another account to harass you. Yeah. One that you haven't muted. So it's just a big dangerous thing. It is for sure. But I don't think he's going to get away with it because he won't be able to be on Apple or Google Play if he doesn't allow the block feature. So. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. They might uh, stop that whole business. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's just, it's always changing and it just seems to get more fucked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's crazy. So uh, one thing I want to ask you, I wanted to ask you, which I like to tell people, ask people who are writers, what's something that has surprised you ever since you started writing erotica? Is there something that just like you hadn't expected or was just kind of like an aha moment? Like just something that really was like, wow, I didn't expect this. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, I do. I didn't expect there would be so much market for some really tiny focused kinks. You know, for me, and maybe it's because the first erotic I ever read was some book my mom had hidden in in a <laughs> box. But I never thought people would, would go for just these really out there kinks like the alien kink yeah and you know certain taboo kinks like just the whole stepmom daughter thing and i guess i should have known that because these are things that are popular on like the websites but sure um i never thought those would be something people could make money off of on selling books about and right there's so many different kinks out there and there's people writing books just on little tiny ones mm-hmm. like i saw someone who wrote uh, she writes Jewish erotica okay. and all her books are focused on erotica with Jewish kinks involved. Um, wow. Yeah. And then someone writes about feet and someone writes about, uh, you know, the aliens. And I can't believe there's such a big market for alien porn. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that. But <laughs> but people like it and that's great. And, you know, monsters also is a big one well for sure it is mm-hmm. so, but what even the small ones get attention oh they do you know it's just it's just true there there's a kink out there that you can think of somebody probably hasn't you know like anything like weird things things you wouldn't even like think of exactly what do you say what do you say to people that think that that people aren't kinky and that most people are vanilla and they don't have any kinks i say that they're just not admitting they have kinks uh-huh. uh, or they're not they're repressing them uh-huh. um, because everyone I know has a kink. Yes, I agree. And I think that the more religious you are, the more you're taught to repress that. Yeah. But I don't know anyone who with the right person, the kink won't come out. Right. And you read a lot about people like that where they're not having any sex in their lives and they get divorced and or that they cheat and the person they're cheating with or the person they're with after the divorce, all of a sudden they're super kinky. Right. Yeah. It's not because they all of a sudden decided they had this kink. It's because they found a person who was willing to accept the kink. Right. You know, if you're in a relationship and your partner isn't listening to your fantasies or talking about doing things or trying new things, you shut down. Oh yeah. And if you shut down, you're, repressing this part of you that wants to try these things yes and it doesn't mean you're not still fantasizing about it in your dreams or 
you know, using it to get yourself off while they're not pleasing you. Right. It just means that you're not vocalizing it because you don't feel like you can talk to your partner. And sure. then you find someone who opens up. That's why, I mean, the whole daddy dumb thing, it, it's all about getting something you're not getting from your, your partner. Yes. Because, and the daddy dumb thing, you're not getting it from your partner because they love you. And they, when, when you love someone, you tend not to want to hurt them. So right. you don't want to be rough with them. You don't want to force them to do things. You don't want to command them because you love them. You want to support them, but it can be a problem if you're not willing to, to do these things because that's what, when they go out and get somewhere else. Yeah, that's so true. Totally true. Yeah. You know, the repression, suppression, the shame, it's just going to wreck it. And yeah, people have kinks. That's just the reality. I mean, people that think that people don't have kinks are really clueless. Yeah, are clueless. <laughs> but those are the relationships that end up not working, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. true. At some point, yeah. They will fall apart, unfortunately. That's just a reality because they're they're not accepting the the partner for who they are. Yeah. I, I one of the things that I try to tell people when a friend of mine is having trouble, you know, with their spouse and or their relationship, is I'm like, you have to listen. And I don't mean just let them talk and let it go in one ear and out the other, but you have to listen and you have to be open to things that may not be something you're in your comfort zone. Because yeah. if people would just talk to each other and say, hey, I'm not going to shame you if you tell me that you have a king. Right. I'm not going to say you can't do something. Um, I, I will may say that I don't feel like that's for me, but right. I will listen and, and I will let you express your desire. And maybe we'll find something you can do that that will yeah. turn you on. Because, like I said, I was in a swimming relationship and when things were good it was really good we talked about everything we shared our fantasies we had our rules and we stuck to them mm -hmm. when we didn't stick to the rules that's when things went south mm -hmm. and that's why the relationship ended but you know it can be a very healthy very happy thing but you have to make sure that you and your partner are getting the things you need out of it and the only way to do that is talk about it and if you don't talk about it if every time they bring up hey could you think about maybe you know, puffing me to the bed and you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Well, that doesn't mean that they're stop, stop thinking about that. It just means that right. they know that you're not going to do it and you're not going to even try to, to do something to please them. And if you keep doing that, you know, if they're like, Hey, can you use my toy? No, I'm not going to do that. You know, can you lick me? No, I'm not going to do that. Then it becomes, well, look, I'm not going to get it from you. I got to get it somewhere because this is something I'm thinking about and I, I want it and I'm not going to be able to right. orgasm if you're not going to be willing to, to treat my needs as something real. Right. And that goes back to the mental thing. It's all connecting mentally before you connect physically. 100%. Yeah. Women need to feel that they're wanted and that they're Ooh. not being just, just used for an ends to a mean, you know, to get you off. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They need to know that their needs are being met and it doesn't necessarily orgasm every time. It doesn't necessarily mean they need to always be doing what they want to do. What it means is you have to make them feel like they're getting something out of it. Oh, yeah. And if you shame them, don't expect them to want to share things in the future. Right. And why would they just lay on a bed so you can get off on them if you're not 
if you're going to make them feel guilty about doing it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and you can't who, want who wants, anything. No. What, and who wants to share fantasy with someone and then have them like, you know, aggressively get angry? You're not going to bring up another thing. You're not going to bring up, eventually you just were bringing that up and then you're not getting your, you're not getting satisfied. You're not getting what you want. I mean, it's just yeah. not going to work. No, but people stay in those relationships because they're taught they have to stay in a marriage. They, they're they taught mm-hmm. that they don't get a say, you know. That's very true. And I hope that this this whole, that whole thing goes by the wayside as, as, as younger generations come in. I hope that that goes away because it just doesn't seem, it's just sad. It's unfair. And it's just, who wants to live that way? Yeah, well, with the internet, it's going to be, out there for people to learn about and for people to share their stories and experiences. So I really think that once you open that box, it's really hard to close it. Yes. Um, so I think a lot of the younger people are are seeing that. Yeah, I think so too. Good. <laughs> I say fucking good. Oh, me too. Good. But then I just had someone on Twitter post something today on a post I did. I posted a meme in a hashtag game. Um, to, uh, it's a girl holding a sign that says, don't fake orgasms. Make sure he knows he can't fuck. Mm-hmm. And someone commented on it. Someone who this comment seems like completely out for the way his profile is set up. Cause he's very liberal and supports, you know, all, all the liberal things, but he says we're in the fourth generation of feminism and has made America a worse place for men and women. What? And I'm like, how, right. you know, just, just because. They're not willing to sit there and fake an orgasm because, <laughs> you know, they want to have fun, too. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So. That's, that's just. Yeah. There's still people out there who just don't get it. You got to pretend you like lima beans, apparently, huh? Apparently. And, and <laughs> lima beans every night. <laughs> exactly. With no butter and no salt. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Oh, this has been such an amazing chat. I I have had so much fun talking with you. Thank you. What do you want to say that you haven't said yet? Or what do you want to bring up yet that you haven't said? Is there anything that you're like burning to talk about or say? And also, where can everybody find all of your work? Um, Well, you can find me on my Amazon author page, which is author.2to slash Hardison Parker. And you can also find me on my website where I try to keep up with uh, some book reviews and some news about what I'm coming out with in the future. That's uh, intrigueverse.com. Uh, the links should be somewhere. I'll put them and... in the podcast notes. Okay. So the links will be in the podcast notes. <laughs> yeah. All I can do is just encourage people to, to read. Even if you don't know who the author is, just give them a read. We write a lot of books and some of them are, are great. And, don't get enough love because we're independently published. So we, we all need the support. And if you like something, give us feedback, give us a review, send us an email. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what is so great about independent published things? They don't have to follow those fucking tropes that we were talking yeah, about. Right. <laughs> right. If your brain likes novelty. Check out independent publishers because we don't have to follow what everybody thinks the market wants or what everybody thinks will sell. We get to do new novel things that haven't been published or aren't out there because the big publishers are afraid to fucking do it. 
Yep. Yep. Damn straight. So, but <laughs> definitely get, give a chance to some of the independent authors and just give them a read. We're, my books are all available on KU. They're all available on Kindle for 2 to $3 each. And several of them are available in paperback and several of them are available on audiobook. So uh, take a look. Absolutely. And all of the links will be down in the podcast show notes where people can find your work and read it and listen to it because audiobook is a great option too. And Medium. Medium is a fantastic place to be too. So everyone. Yep. And my Medium find. link is there too. So. And what are you called on Medium? Are you, you're Hardison Parker or? Yeah, I'm Hardison Parker everywhere. So. Okay. Very awesome. Thank you so much for being here. This was, this has been a fantastic chat and it felt like it went by like in like a blink of an eye. So. I know I can't. It's been so long, but <laughs> thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you. You have a great night. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this. It was a really fun chat. I always love talking to other writers. It's just so special and fun. I just connect with them on so many levels. We're similar creatures, obviously. And so it's so much fun to find what other find out what other writers do and their process and just their thoughts. And especially I love to talk to other erotic authors because we're in a special category. And we, as we talked about, we face particular challenges because we write about sex and there's a lot of people in the world who get pissed at that. <laughs> or they can just suck it. Suck my clit. That's what I say. <laughs> Fuck off. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you check out his books. Check out my books too. Down in the podcast show notes are all of his links and mine where I have erotic books, erotic romance, and erotic audiobooks. And it's so much fun to do. You should get a book, listen to it. My new books are The Limo Sex Challenge and Neighborhood Sex Secrets. And you can check out Hardison Parker, Yours Until Midnight, A Free Use Romance, The Million Dollar Trick, and The Hot White Bitten will be coming in October. All right. And you could check us both out on Medium. I'm on Medium as well. I hope you have an amazing day. Don't forget to enjoy your body today. Make sure you come today. We were given these organs for a reason, for pleasure. Make sure you get yourself some organic, wonderful, natural relaxation through giving yourself an orgasm. Use your hormones, baby. Make yourself feel amazing. Get your blood flow going. Get yourself some amazing, amazing chemicals that your own body makes. Make yourself come today. Enjoy yourself and Use those healing pieces of your body every day to help yourself and your mind to be healthy. Sexual health matters to your mental health. Make sure you come today. I'm telling you, baby, do it. Just do it. Oh, yeah. And I want to mention quick, I do have an extra level of a podcast for $3 a month. If you'd like to join that, you get the exclusives and you get to do see all of them, listen to all of them once you join. So you can see all of them when you do that. If you'd like to support me in that way, I would love that. I'm also on Patreon and I'm on Fansly if you'd like to join my subscription there. So have an amazing day. Don't forget, make yourself come today. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I had to say it again, you know. <laughs> love you. Bye-bye now.
Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.